Welcome to the Radio Bible Course. We're continuing our study of the authority of the Bible. What did Jesus believe about the scriptures which the Jews revered as the Word of God? Well, we have seen in the past couple of weeks that Jesus endorsed those scriptures as inspired by the Spirit and as the word which God had spoken through his prophets. But he also made use of the Old Testament writings in a manner that confirms their authority. Why, we ask, when the Jews asked questions of Jesus, why did he so frequently refer them to the scriptures? For example, when they asked Jesus about the woman who was married to seven brothers in succession, and they wanted to know whose wife she would be in heaven, he answered with this. Matthew chapter 22, verse 29, Jesus answered them, You are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Here Jesus explained that the scriptures were the answer to such questions. He directed them there because that was the only word of God about the subject. What the Bible does not tell you about God and the hereafter cannot be known. But God has revealed this through his prophets, and Jesus knew it. And he said, Have you not read what was said by God? He referred to the Holy Scriptures when he said that. He believed it was God's word. And when the Pharisees asked about divorce, his response was, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, Have you not read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female? He talked about reading. They had something they could have read and gotten the answer to that question. He was referring to the Old Testament. And when the children saw Jesus coming into Jerusalem where he healed many and overturned the money changers' tables, they cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David. But that made the Pharisees indignant, and they asked him, Do you hear what they are saying? And his answer is given in Matthew chapter 21, verse 16. Yes. Have you never read? Quote, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast brought perfect praise. And what was Jesus quoting? Psalm 8.2. Jesus was telling them that this was the word of God, and they should have read it. They should have understood because God had spoken, and this was a prophecy about the coming Messiah to whom the children would give praise, although the religious leaders gave him none. Why does Jesus make this continual reference to the law and the prophets? He, after all, possessed all truth and wisdom, yet he gave not his own opinion, he gave them God's answers. He either quoted or referred to the Old Testament when those difficult questions were thrown at him. He said, the Old Testament was God's word. 
It was in written form, and he asked, Have you not read? He expected that the people of God would have read the word of God and believed the word of God. We thus have Jesus' testimony about the Old Testament. Well, what about the New Testament? How do we know that it is trustworthy? The revelation and inspiration of the New Testament rests on the promises of Jesus when he told his disciples that more truth would be coming to them. Those promises are nothing less than free revelation endorsement of the New Testament. Keep in mind that the New Testament had not yet been written while Jesus was on earth. It came many years after his departure into heaven. But he predicted that it would come to them. One of those places is in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, beginning with verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Jesus said, He taught them certain things while he was with them. But then he promised that another one would come to take his place and continue his teaching. He said, The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And in addition to teaching them, he would stimulate their memories. He would bring to their remembrance everything that Jesus taught them. Ah, that explains that the gospel writers did not need to have a good memory. They did not have to take notes when Jesus spoke, because when the Spirit was sent, he revived their memories, and he taught them what they needed to know so they could write those accurate gospel accounts. Oftentimes, the Bible has been criticized, and they said, how could John have remembered all that Jesus wrote? He didn't write for about 60 years or so after Jesus was on earth. How could he have remembered the exact words and the places that Jesus went? John didn't have to remember because Jesus had promised that the Holy Spirit would remind him of everything. And when the Spirit reminds you, it's as though you were getting it firsthand without loss of memory. Jesus said that Spirit would come and speak in his name. That meant with the authority of Jesus. The name represents the person, who he is, and what he says. And the Spirit came to glorify Jesus, to take what belonged to him and give it to the disciples. God sent the Spirit so that there would be an accurate record on which we could rely. He wanted the words of Jesus remembered perfectly. And he wanted the remaining teaching which Jesus had not yet given to be a record for us to rely upon. God has given his word. Now keep in mind what Jesus said about his teachings. In John chapter 7 verse 16, My teaching is not mine, but him who sent me. Now do the Gospels give us everything that Jesus wanted us to know? Did he teach his disciples everything they needed? Was his teaching complete in respect to the church, which he said he would build? 
The answer to that comes in John 16:12. Jesus said, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Well, Jesus did not then give his disciples everything he wanted them to have. He wanted to teach them, but they couldn't handle it. This statement teaches us that Jesus wanted to teach many more things. It implies that the gospel accounts do not record all the truth for the church. It tells us that the gospels are true accounts, but give only what he did say to them. Now, if we want all the truth, we should not expect to find it in the Gospels. Where will we find it? In the Epistles. When Jesus said to them, You are not able to bear it now, did he mean by bear that they could not understand what he wanted to teach? The word bear doesn't refer to the ability to understand. After all, Jesus washed their feet in John chapter 13 and said, What I am doing you do not now know, but afterward you will understand. He also taught them that he would be crucified, but they didn't comprehend that. Yet he told them those things. Unable to bear refers to unpleasant things, I believe. And in this context he had already warned them of persecution, hatred, and the threat of death. He said they would be put out of the synagogues. Now that's social, business, and religious alienation. They could bear those things, but not other things. Such as? Well, we need to read on in John chapter 16. Jesus said, You cannot bear them now, but when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now, after hearing that from Jesus, those apostles could have expected that any day now the Spirit will come and he will teach us things which Jesus never taught us. But these are things which Jesus wanted to teach us, and the things which would come from the Spirit were none other than the things of Jesus himself. They understood that when the Spirit did come and teach them that he would glorify Jesus Christ because he would be taking what is Christ's and giving it to the apostles. What are the things that Jesus wanted to say which were unbearable, but which would be bearable when taught later by the Spirit? When we consider that Jews had nothing to do with Gentiles because they alone were the chosen people of God, any teaching that Jesus wanted to make about the coming church, which would be made up of both Jews and Gentiles, would have been too offensive for the apostles to accept. They couldn't have borne that. Peter himself gave expression to that when he went to the household of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And when Peter entered Cornelius' house, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up. I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, 
You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or to visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Now he was expressing what he formerly would not have accepted. God had showed him. And that is a teaching which I think Jesus would have liked to have taught his apostles, but they couldn't have borne it. I think another idea which Jesus would have wanted to teach is that the Jew and the Gentile not only would both be saved, but that they would be united in one church. That truth is revealed in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 11. It reads, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near in the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law of commandments and ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby bringing the hostility to an end. Jesus never taught this truth to his apostles. He couldn't. But the Spirit taught it to the apostles after Jesus ascended into heaven. In closing, we want to remind you that the Radio Bible Course is an independent Bible teaching ministry located in Baton Rouge. It has no payroll and is supported by listeners. If you have been blessed by this program, please tell a friend. This is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news.